Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of a Point Spread Saturday here at VSEN, the sports betting network. I'm Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, coming to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we are halfway through here. It's starting to pick up a little bit right behind us in the sportsbook here at the South Point. Just three hours until kickoff of week number two in college football. So we figured it's time to give us or give out our plays here on the week two slate. Now, Amal, I have about seven, uh, <laughs> which might be a fool's errand in college football. You have a few here, but seven, it's, it's a little much, but, you know, got to do it for the content. <laughs> with Mike Palm Monday through Friday. Mike usually has the entire board, so it's just easier to de- uh, kind of dismiss the games that he doesn't have. So uh, do you need the full time? I mean, you got seven. I can get the three in that I have pretty quickly. Do you want to go ahead and start or do you want me you to know, go? Well, we are actually in lockstep on one play here. I think you might have gotten a better number than I did, but we both like, and we'll just start off with this game here, yeah. Rutgers at Syracuse here. You might have, did you lay two or did you lay two and a half? I, I laid two, but okay. the money line's at minus 130 now. You're probably better served laying the minus 130 in this one. I, I just felt like Rutgers going to win this game. Syracuse had a good offensive game against Ohio running the football. But remember, Ohio University ranked in the bottom 20 in run defense last year in college football. Tommy DeVito completes 12 passes, doesn't even throw for 95 yards. Yeah. I mean, come on, this is a team going nowhere fast. Dino Babers, I don't know if anyone's gotten more mileage out of one win uh, 
against Clemson than he has. This program is really in reverse. I know they can't wait for that Jim Beheim zone defense to basically go, you know, probably 17 and 16 and complain about how they didn't make the tournament. They don't have to worry about this matchup today. Rutgers should get it done uh, up in Western New York. I like them on the road, uh, despite the fact that I'm not a big fan of usually laying this type of number, Femi, mm-hmm. but I think Rutgers wins this game. Noah Vedral playing better. The offense has gotten better. We saw it last year. They were 8th out of 14th in the Big Ten in scoring offense. They've got the best special teams in college football. Crookshank is the best kickoff returner, and I'm drawing a blank right now on the punt returner they have. He was the Big 12 special teams player of the year at Kansas State. He transfers in, so the huge edge for them in special teams there. And then I'm going to go south to Keenan Stadium, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, bounce back spot here against Georgia State. Panthers gave up a 40 spot against Army. Now you got Sam Howell and company. The Heisman campaign, you know, kudos to Sam Howell, always thinking about the university and bigger picture, <laughs> saving North Carolina a lot of money on the Heisman campaign before it really even got started up in uh, Blacksburg. So North Carolina today, I expect them to blow out Georgia State. This should be a game where North Carolina gets into the 50s. Defensively, I think that's one thing got overlooked last week. I thought they played well against uh, Burmeister. I thought they were mm-hmm. solid. Um, you should be able to win a game when you only give up, what was it, 17 or 20 points? I can't remember yeah, exactly. I think it was like 17, I want to yeah. say. So you should be able to win that game. But North Carolina, to me, should be able to blow out Georgia State in this one. And they're going to go out west late night game. I think 10.30 Eastern time, 7.30 on the West Coast. USC Stanford under 53.5. couple of advantages here. SC, even though they won the game 30-7 against San Jose State, San Jose State, that was not as decisive of a victory as the final score would indicate. The other thing is Stanford, we saw them struggle offensively against K-State. Still solid defensively. And the good thing is we know David Shaw won't go for two when it matters or when it's appropriate. Down 24. <laughs> Four to six, this genius decides to kick the extra point. Let's be down 17 instead of cutting it to two scores and try and win the football game. So that helps when you got an under in a situation. <laughs> yeah, now you mentioned David Shaw. They're going up against Clay Helton. And yeah. the, not the best coach. Now, I do like Shaw. He's respected, but I think that one tends to lean towards the under there in that matchup. Listen, there's a lot of people that like a lot of pedestrian coaches. I'm not putting it on you that you're a fan <laughs> of David Shaw, but maybe, I mean, look, he's done a nice job because if you look at his record, the that's first a five, tough, That's a tough place to build a program there why, with wait, the why? standards and Duke you know, basketball cheats extremely well. <laughs> Northwestern gets to the Rose Bowl and here's the other thing. They have the best campus in the world. It's beautiful. It, 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 is, it beautiful. is. Listen, UW, you know you, UW, it's an amazing top five campus in this country. Yeah. Stanford, world class. And by the way, if you make the right friends, there's a chance you're going to become a billionaire when you leave school. So I don't understand what's there to sell. And by the way, it's 70 degrees year round. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful area. I've been there. The facilities, the swimming pool that they got out there is, uh, is world class indeed. So let's pull up my plays. I think we have a graphic ready for this one. I'm not sure if it fits all onto one graphic since it's seven, but I think we were able to make it work. As you see, Femi's picks for week two of the college football slate. Now, I know we talked Oregon, Ohio State at the top, talking about how you think it could be a high-scoring matchup. I kind of like the under. Now, I'm a little scared if Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't play in this game. It sounds like he might not just seeing how the market has ticked up a little bit on 64 and a half, but I'm not a believer in this Ducks offense. I don't, th- and I, I can see where Ohio State scores 38, maybe 42 points. I think this has a potential blowout type of game. I hope to, you're right. To where, oh, I, I hope mean, you're right. I could see it happening. Anthony Brown is kind of unproven here coming from Boston College, and I, I'm just not a fan of what they do here. And I, you mentioned that. Oregon kind of run the ball. Mario Cristobal is a physical head coach who was an offensive lineman. So that's the type of style of play that he likes out there building in the trenches. I think they try to shorten the game as much as possible against the Buckeyes. And I think that 
Ohio State does have the big play explosive potential on offense, but I think that Oregon is going to try to just condense this game, limit the amount of possessions. I think this one goes under just a, just a little bit. But if I, Thibodeau doesn't play, good luck, though, which is I'm hoping he gets out there at least for a little bit. Look, I don't have a problem from your perspective in terms of they're able to condense the game. The problem is I think Ohio State's very explosive and can make big plays offensively, yeah. but I also think they can, they're prone to giving up the big play. I, I am probably a bigger believer in Oregon than most people are. I think this Ducks team, if they had a quarterback, if they had a JT Daniels, even though he's not like elite, elite, yeah, but, but good. good, yes, exactly. I think Oregon is a top five, top seven team when you look at the skill positions, what they have coming back at the wide receiver. I think they're a really good football team. I just feel like this might be a bad spot for them. First game in Columbus and traveling across the country. And Femi, the other thing is, you know, you're a West Coast guy. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a 9 a.m. start for them. Yeah, I get your young college sleepy. kids. It's a little bit of a challenge, you know, in the early start. And if you fall behind early with that crowd noise, it could be a problem. Uh, another game that I liked here, I know it's the unders have been what's been cashing in week one. We saw the overs all hit last night with the four games going over. I like the over in Purdue and UConn. I don't think the Huskies can stop anybody. I mean, we saw, we saw them give up 45 to Fresno state. Now Fresno state could be a good team. Uh, they gave Oregon all they could handle last Saturday there, but Purdue's offense is decent enough. Their defense. I wasn't a huge fan of it going up against Oregon state last week. Uh, what do you think about Purdue and UConn going over that 57 and a half there? Well, first of all, I'm glad I listened to you because you said over, I was reading in my head under and I was like, Oh, this is not a bad play on the under. <laughs> my question to you is how, how the hell do they combine to score 58 points? Is Purdue going to score all 58? I, I can see Purdue in the 40s. I, and then and then their defense, I mean, all UConn, I just need UConn to get to 10-13 or so. Like okay, listen, 10, 13, let, 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 me, let me let you in on a little secret. Our boss over here is from the Nutmeg State. He hasn't seen UConn score 14 points outside of the basketball court in a couple of years. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Nobody has. I, just, I, I can appreciate what you're me, saying. Get me to 14. I think, and that let me defense, look, how are the hell's hold on a getting stops? Femi, when, if this game gets over, this is going to be like me on the pull-up bar. I'm just barely getting over, okay? This thing is getting to 58, and you're going to be holding your breath. You're going to hope for a good execution Snap, hold, and PAT. I mean, where are you getting to? 59, maybe 60? Oh, uh, you're going to be holding your breath on this one. I, I don't think the Huskies can get the stops. I don't think they can get the, – Purdue, you mentioned offense isn't outstanding, but I think they'll be good enough to score at least 40 in this game. You know what really annoys me? Now I'm going to have to pay attention to this game today. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, text me when it's over. I, I, yeah, I text I, you 100% over. will. Gosh, it's going to be 24 to nothing. <laughs> I'm going to have to hear from this guy all about it. Uh, the next one, I like UAB, Georgia. We talked about it. I took the points with UAB at 26 and a half. Obviously, it's now 22 and a half. So uh, that CLV that we all covet, uh, I got that in my back pocket, but that means about as much as anything. I'm with you. I'm <laughs> with you on that. game here. But just with all the uncertainty about Georgia, JT Daniels, we don't know if he's going to start at quarterback with the oblique injury. Also, Kirby Smart was having concerns about COVID. He sounded kind of just a little shaky about that uh, earlier in the week. So let down spot after a big emotional victory over Clemson. I took the points with UAB in a game that I think will be rather low scoring. So Georgia's going to have to be pretty much perfect offensively if they want to cover that number. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And I like your play on this one because I think it's a few too many points. A couple mm-hmm. of things. Look, I picked Georgia to win the SEC over Alabama. I expect them to win it in Atlanta. But a couple of problems I have with Georgia that's not getting discussed this week. Clemson had four new starters in the offensive line. That Clemson offensive line is not 
bad. It was awful. Yeah. And Georgia, while they played well, I don't think they're as good defensively as we saw. UAB is a solid team defensively. Georgia's going to run the football. They're not going to beat you too much over the top. Their best wide receiver, Pickens, out with the ACL. Now he's starting to rehab. He could come back potentially by mid-October, yeah, early November. Exactly. But this is a big number. And again, I think if Georgia wins and covers, similar situation to the Purdue-UConn. Uh, unless they have a plethora of turnovers, I would expect the Blazers to be in this game. I like their style of play. They're going to control clock. This this is a game. I'm with you, Femi. I, I think it's too many points. Now, I wouldn't bet it now at 22 and a half, but I love your 26 and a half. Yeah, uh, Rutgers, Syracuse, we talked about that one. We're in simpatico on that game. Iowa, the Cyhawk battle, I took the four. Uh, it's, it was seeing four and a half, seeing some fours. Kind of, We mentioned that sharp betters have been kind of going back and forth with this one. But in a game with that low total, I had to grab the points there. Now, Cyclones might win by 10. And I'm just sitting here with a bad number. But I just I, I find it hard to believe that this game will be one where either team pulls away. And I think Iowa could potentially win the game outright. They've done it five straight times. Why not six? Oh, listen, Iowa winning the game outright. It wouldn't. I mean, look, it's not a surprise at all if they do it. I think I'm being a little bit stubborn in this one because I picked the Cyclones before the season to have a chance to have one loss, maybe even mm-hmm. potentially go undefeated if they knock off Oklahoma down in Norman. So I, I think I'm a little bit kind of stubborn with the Cyclones. I've believed in this team. I'm a huge Matt Campbell fan. Potential next coach uh, at USC uh, if you know, they end up moving on from Clay Helton. So we'll see. But I like your player with the Hawkeyes at four. Yeah, and I think my bias might be creeping in because I'm, I'm not as high on Iowa State preseason. So that might be maybe why I thought the points were very valuable in this spot here. Real quick, since we're running out of time, grab the points with Arkansas plus seven. Uh, I really like the spot for them. I mean, I, I fell into the – it was three and a half before week one. It's seven now. So maybe that means there's value. But I think that one's a close battle there with uh, Texas on the road in the first time with their quarterback Hudson card. Took my Huskies. Plus seven against Michigan. I think the Ronnie Bell injury is one that is a big factor there. And also – Stanford quarterback change, Tanner McKee in, Jack West out. Give me the 17 and a half with David Shaw going up against Clay Helton in that matchup. This is the biggest spread since 2008 between these two teams. I think the Cardinal gets the cover there with 17 and a half. I, I like your three plays here with the dogs. I agree with you. Normally you take Stanford immediately. Dogs are barking. At least we hope so here on this college football Saturday in week number two. On the other side, the ACC slate. We break it down even further. It is. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. VSEN is now available 24-7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vsin.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VSEN. And you are watching and listening to Point Spread Saturday here on this college football week, too. It's Femi Abebefe Amal Shah at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Amal. We ran through our picks in the last segment, but was there anything that didn't make your card that you were close to taking there? Yeah, uh, Air Force against Navy. Air Force laying six on the road in Annapolis. Uh, obviously, CBS broadcasting this game because of rem- remembrance of 9-11 20 yep. years ago today. But uh, this... Navy team is in trouble. They are really going in reverse. In 2019, they had historic highs offensively. 2020, they were one of the worst Naval Academy teams we've ever seen, and defensively not a strong team. I think the Air Force Academy should be able to get it done and take leg one of the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. The ACC matchups that we have going on, any of them stand out to you? So I know we talked Rutgers and Syracuse. Uh, we've talked Illinois, Virginia, and Pitt, Tennessee. But the re- we have... Middle Tennessee at Virginia Tech, Boston College at UMass, South Carolina State at Clemson. The Tigers trying to bounce back after Saturday's loss last week to Georgia. Appalachian State at Miami. I know our producer, I believe he has either he's got a bet on them. I know you went to App State, but then um, also rounding things out with Georgia State at North Carolina. Anything kind of stand out to you in this conference? I just want to know where the hell Boone, North Carolina is. That's I, a, I don't even know where Boone is. It's, it's it looks a, beautiful from the aerial shots that I've seen uh, out there. The baseball field, I believe it is. I, I'm going to take. I'm going to take your word on that one. Look, look that look, up. We'll have to look that up. Looking at the matchups right now outside of the Pittsburgh-Tennessee one, I think that's the most interesting one. Yeah. I think the ACC should be playing, paying networks to broadcast their games. These are horrible. I mean, yeah, these South Carolina State, Clemson, <laughs> Eastern Kentucky, Louisville, uh, Jacksonville State, and Florida State. The one to me to keep an eye out for is NC State and Mississippi State. Could be a decent win for them on the road here, potentially going into Stark Vegas. Uh, that was a game that really Mississippi State and uh, had no business winning. Skip Holtz mismanaging the game late there, playing for a 46-yard field goal. They miss it. College football, you 
just can't do that. That's a big problem. We saw that occur in this one. But I think the uh, Pittsburgh-Tennessee uh, game should be a good one, and Rutgers-Syracuse. Uh, Femi, look, I really think this number came in too short. I, I, you and I both like yeah. Rutgers here, and if they don't win, fine, but I'm willing to take this situation 100 times out of 100. I, I think Rutgers is the right side here. We'll see what happens. And uh, there's going to be a killing of the Minutemen up in Amherst today as BC <laughs> takes on UMass. This, this is just going to be an absolute slaughter meet. I mean, UMass, I can't even believe they're fielding a football team still. <laughs> I'm not going to comment any further. Well, Mark Whipple, where have you gone? Mark Whipple, come back. Uh, one that's kind of interesting here and interesting I use lightly uh, between Middle, Ten- Middle Tennessee and Virginia Tech. We talked yeah. about the letdown spots. Virginia Tech now ranked 19th after knocking off North Carolina last week in Blacksburg there. Virginia Tech, the Hokies, laying 20 with a total of 54 and a half. I know that it was an impressive showing last Friday against North Carolina, but, I mean, they were up for that one after the Sandman was going. It was a night game in Blacksburg. This one kind of an early kick. A potential letdown here for the Hokies against Middle Tennessee? I, I would think so, but remember, they played on Thursday. Got a couple of extra yeah. days there. I think that benefits them a little bit. Uh, Middle Tennessee has really struggled. This team, the Blue Raiders, have not been particularly good. Uh, so for me, it would be a situation where I would look towards the Hokies here. I think they're going to destroy them. I think Middle Tennessee is really going to struggle to score the football. Uh, I, I could see Virginia Tech winning this game somewhere in that you know, 38-10 type of range in this matchup. Yeah, this slate here from the ACC is uh, it's not the most appetizing. Uh, but Clemson, I want to talk to them more so not from this game perspective, but also just from a season-long perspective. And I know people think that... Well, their season win total undercashed. Yeah, it already did cash. Yeah. It's, you know, if you got under 11 and a half, congratulations to you uh, after they lost to Georgia. But I know this is people say that this team can't get back to the playoff. We don't know what's going to happen over the course of the next 14 weeks or so. I think there's still a chance because they're a brand name and they've kind of been there, done that. People will give them the benefit of the doubt. But just from maybe even a futures perspective, would you ever buy in on this team knowing that the schedule is not very difficult going down the stretch here until maybe the ACC title game? Is there anything that you could do with them as maybe a national title pick or anything like that or uh, for like a long-term season-long type of bet? Well, look, I think the odds makers agree with you. When you look at it right now, they still are, I think, number five or number six. I, I could be mistaken on that in terms of odds to win the national title. So uh, there's no disagreement there in terms of how the odds makers see it. But to me, Femi, the problem is when you look at the rest of their schedule, unless it is Florida State who played well but – I mean, maybe it's an overreaction to a loss or mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. They don't play North Carolina during the regular season. Miami doesn't have a pulse. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to play a ranked team. I don't believe Clemson, unless there's serious chaos throughout college football, is going to be able to find a way in because they have nobody on their schedule. Give them credit. They went out and played Georgia, but the game was in Charlotte. You lose that game. You score three points. It is hard, unless Georgia starts shutting out everybody on their schedule, to justify Clemson getting in with one loss. If you've got an Oklahoma team with one loss, an Ohio State team with one loss, and two teams in the SEC, let's say uh, Georgia or Alabama goes undefeated in the loser of the SEC title game. I just don't see how Clemson can get in this year. The schedule is so anemic. Here, I'll put it this way. Outside of the Georgia game, Mm -hmm. the rest of the schedule they have, including the ACC championship game, the Oregon Ducks, if they play their schedule, they're going undefeated. Wow. I mean, there's no arguments for me because that schedule is pretty soft. Looking at the odds on DraftKings right now, 
Clemson to make the playoffs minus 185. The no is plus 150. You would hammer that no, that plus yeah, money Absolutely. There? Because, first of all, they can't drop another game. Yeah, right? we got to go perfect. they, they got to go perfect. Yep. So they've got to win 12 games in a row, 11 in the regular season, and the 12th game being in the conference championship. North Carolina, I don't really pay much attention to the poll, so I'm assuming this is probably the AP poll. They're ranked number 24. Um, they still have to play Notre Dame. If, and that game's in South Bend. If yeah. they lose that game, now you're going to have a two-loss team there. I uh, haven't looked at the Virginia Tech schedule. I'm pulling it up right now. Hokies do play Notre Dame this year, but you look at the rest of their schedule, they still have to play at Miami, uh, I think the right the weekend before Thanksgiving. The game, the, the Commonwealth uh, matchup against Virginia is always a tough one. They don't have a lot of teams on their schedule. You look at and say, wow, they're really going to be able to build a good resume. I, I, if you're putting them in based on what they once were, then fine, but I don't think that should be justified. You got to go based on the body of work in the season in front of you. I, I just don't see a path for them in unless you wind up with teams dropping off and losing two games. I mean, to me, I, I know, I, and I hear what you're saying, but isn't that what college football is like? They give these teams the benefit of the doubt, like a Clemson, like an Ohio State. Maybe I don't want to rile you up, but no, like you know, Ohio Listen. State gets the benefit of the doubt, even if I mean last year they played what four or five games and they got right in. And granted, they showed that they deserve to be there, but those types of teams get that benefit of the doubt. And Clemson at seven to one to win the national title. Now I wouldn't make that bet personally, but the only thing that would scare me off of the no on them making the playoff is that. If they do run the table and college football, these are college kids that we have to remember. You mentioned Georgia. They're liable to lose to anybody if they're just unprepared. I mean, we still don't know what uh, Ohio State could do. Maybe Alabama. Maybe they lose to Texas A&M and then lose to Georgia in the SEC title game. You know, like there's, there feels like there's so much football left to be played that I think that – it'd be almost going too far to write a team off after one week of football. 99.9% of people would agree with you, but first of all, I'm going to take umbrage with the fact that you said the Buckeyes only played five or six games. They went 7-0, they got in, they were the second best team last year, they're putting up numbers all over the place. I'm going to let you slide on that. You've been watching UW, you've been watching the purple and gold for a long time, so you're not used to competent football. They did not have a small sample size last year. You have to admit that. Listen, they they beat Clemson by 21 points, okay? They 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 deserve to be there. They showed that they deserve no, I, I understand your <laughs> yeah. point. I, all I'm saying, though, is let's assume Oklahoma doesn't lose twice. They yeah. win their conference. They'll be in. Ohio State doesn't lose twice. They win their conference. They'll be in. It's, it's hard to make an argument unless you you lose a game the way Ohio State does at Purdue or Iowa or if Oklahoma were to lose to a Kansas or something like that. Because it's not about the loss for Clemson. It's about the fact that they play nobody the rest of the way. Yeah. I, this is the question I make. or This is the question I would pose. If they're at Penn State. Wisconsin, Oregon. Uh, I think there's four teams that can win the Pac-12 South, Utah, Arizona State, UCLA, and USC. Texas, Iowa State, Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M. Forget the Pac-12 teams outside of Oregon. Mm -hmm. All the other teams that I mentioned, and let's take Texas out of the equation. Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. You can throw uh, another team in there from the SEC. Which one of these teams, um, potentially Penn State, which one of these teams is not playing Clemson's schedule and going undefeated? Yeah, no, I mean, it's you're not getting into any arguments for me, really. I mean, others potential trip ups all throughout college football, but that it's a soft schedule. I do. There's not many, there's, I mean, no more chances really to impress a committee unless they win every game by 50 or 60 and say, Hey, that Georgia game, that's a mulligan. We'll give it to them.
The ACC is a grenade that was pulled with the pin out 10 years ago. I mean, it's, it's, they're all duds. There, there's, yeah. no, there's no real landmines around that league anymore. And unfortunately, you know, we sometimes give Clemson and Alabama and even Ohio State the benefit of the doubt. In 2014, it should have been TCU in the playoff over Ohio State. Yeah. And, and I don't like the fact that you just anoint teams or put them in there because they have a brand. Take the four best teams. I mean, how does a team win by 50-plus and drop? No, that seems like it's uh, kind of silly. It's a silly exercise yeah. that this whole four playoff has become. Um, I think if you're Clemson, almost last point on it is that you're really rooting for Georgia to run the table and to yeah, beat absolutely. up Alabama. Uh, exactly. No, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely re- right. You're really rooting for that because that's the only excuse. That I agree. If Georgia's sitting there at 13 and 0 on Selection Day, that you can say, "Hey, we lost to the best team in the country here." But don't go away. We have the Big 12 Iowa Iowa State further breakdown here on that one. It's Points Red Saturday on Vsin, the sports betting network. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football season is here and starting this weekend, VSIN has added new talent and shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The VSIN lineup will expand to 21 hours of live programming every weekday as well as additional shows on the weekend. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. VSIN has added new personalities to our existing world-class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and of course, strategic sports betters. Visit VSIN.com to see our new lineup and meet our talent and make this your best football betting season ever. One of our new shows is today, Point Spread Saturday, launching our first ever show week two of the college football season. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shah, coming to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino. And Amal, this, this thing, I mentioned it at the top, it's flying by. Only, a, only a 30 minutes left here as we approach kind of two and a half hours before kickoff in this college football week number two slate. So we want to get to the Big 12, and let's get to the game of the day. Oh, real quick. Hold on okay. a second. You, Illinois, Virginia doesn't matter to you? That's going 90 <laughs> minutes, buddy. Come that's, on. That's true. Good point. Good point. We got well, no, because I had to get up one. early enough. I don't want to sit around for two hours. At least now I only have to wait one hour for football we're, to start. We're going to get it on here behind <laughs> us in the, in the South Point, which continues more and more folks trickling in for this college football Saturday here. But the game of the day, though, the yep. one that's going to have all the eyeballs on it is in that kind of afternoon slot. Iowa, Iowa State there. Um, it, we talked about it at nauseum. I'm on the Hawkeyes. We announced that in our pick segment earlier in the hour. It's a game that I think you're staying away from it, but from a, maybe from a total perspective, do you look at anything in this game here? Because it's a lower total game sitting at 45 and a half, but I mean, do you maybe go over a little bit or do you like this one to go under as it's kind of being like a kind of a field position type of game? Uh, to the latter point you just made, a field position, I think you play the under here. And even if you get beat, you get beat, but there's certain numbers and certain matchups where you look at an under, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Kirk Ferentz, he's going to play a similar NFL style. They're going to punt. You know what they are. I, I don't know if any team is more b- boring or vanilla than the Iowa Hawkeyes in terms of their approach, and they're a perfect example of it. Cyclones have some talent. They can 
force some turnovers, and they can kind of get off the mat. They usually struggle early in September. That's the only knock I have on Matt Campbell. His team's come out of the gate a little bit slower than you would want for the talent that they have. This team should be better than what we've seen so far, especially in that matchup against uh, you and I. But again, an interstate rivalry, so they're going to play them pretty tough. I, I think this should be a terrific game. I, I think this is a game, if you whether you're betting on it or not, it should be a fun, close, competitive game. It's going to come down to fewest mistakes. I mean, most games you say that, yeah. but I think more important for me in this one, yeah, exactly, because opportunities and possessions are going to be at a premium, and both teams will play solid defense. Yes, yeah, five years in a row the Hawkeyes have beat the Cyclones there. So it's a lot of pressure on Matt Campbell, and you wonder how that factors. Maybe Iowa first half, if Iowa State is a little nervy playing at home. I mean, college game day is there in Ames. Uh, it's a big deal this whole week. has been The hype has been building and building and building. Maybe the nerves are kind of taking the Cyclones and they kind of dip their toe into the water just a tad. Maybe Iowa first half, possibly. I'm not, you know, look, I'm not a first half better unless it's an, it's a North Carolina, Georgia State type of line, Alabama versus Miami, where it's a big number, yeah. where I think a team's going to blow out an opponent. Your Purdue Boilermakers today, I know you need their offense against UConn. Yeah. UConn really that, that would be a first half type of play I would take. These types of games, I just don't take them. I think this is one where you need the full 60. It would not surprise me at all if Iowa, tra- Iowa State was trailing 10-7 at halftime and they won this game 17-13. Yeah. So for me, it's not the type of play I would make on a first half here, but I think this game, in terms of an under perspective, we could see it something similar. I think we could also see a game that plays out similarly to what we saw last week at Camp Randall between Penn State and Wisconsin, in which it's competitive, tight, and then you see a little bit more explosion in the second half as the offenses adjust a little bit. So it's just something to pay attention to if you're looking at betting this matchup. Uh, but look, at Tri-Stadium, they should have an advantage here. If this were somehow being played inside the Hilton Coliseum, I would tell you to unload on Iowa State just because of Hilton Magic, but maybe they can transfer it across the street here this time. Yeah, we'll see if they're able to get off the schneid here with their rival Cyhawk Trophy on the line. The winner of this game, I mean, they're going to be vaulted into kind of not playoff talk here, maybe from Iowa State's perspective, but at least as a potential dark horse as we kind of head towards conference play in a, in a couple of weeks here. I, I think both teams have to be considered for the playoffs when you look at it. Hawkeyes win this game. They had a good win against an Indiana team. I thought that kind of played above their head last year. Yeah. But Iowa, with the Wisconsin loss, getting a big road win like this, really puts them in a good opportunity. Remember 2015, they got to the Big Ten Championship game. It was that epic, epic, epic drive by Sparty that won the Big Ten title. Uh, I think the Hawkeyes are in a great position. Iowa State wins this game. They're going to have two big games remaining on the schedule. TCU is always tough, but the game Texas is in Ames, and then you got to go to Norman, but you can have a potential rematch in the Big 12 title as well. Uh, another interesting game here. This one a little bit later in the evening. Texas and Arkansas. It's a little Southwest Conference rivalry for our throwback college football fans. It's seven across the board. Uh, the Longhorns laying seven in that game here. Total 56 and a half. Um, I, I, I'm on Texas. We mentioned, or no, I'm sorry, I'm on Arkansas is what we said earlier on um, in the show here in this hour. But Texas, I think the total has come down slightly. Do you maybe go play back against that, or do you just think this one is really going to kind of be a lower-scoring, hard-fought game that's decided within a possession? Yeah, I think this is going to be a competitive game only because of the rivalry. I think when you are an underdog in certain spots, uh, you just get up for certain games. And yeah. you can't necessarily quantify it as to why it works, but you just see it so many times. We we saw it in the UNI game against Iowa State. Uh, I mean, you see it throughout the years against certain matchups, certain teams. And I think that'll be the case here when you look at the Arkansas Razorbacks in this one. I'm not going to touch this total, but I, I think the side that you've taken is probably the correct side. I would rather have the Razorbacks plus seven than lay with uh, Texas on the road at seven. So just something to keep in mind when you look at this matchup.
Yeah, I'm really interested to see how these totals play out. Since last week, we saw the unders kind of hitting at a 61%. I think it might have been 64% hit rate. Um, yesterday, it was all the overs that went 4-0. and So, uh, interesting to see how these totals kind of play out all throughout the day here. A game we haven't touched on, Cal at TCU. The, 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 the TCU uh, Horned Frogs have been kind of been like almost like a sneaky team that some people like in the Big 12. If you're not really in on Iowa State, it feels like TCU has been the team that people are in on preseason at least. They're laying 11.5 at DraftKings with a total of 46. I'm even seeing some 12s in the market in that game here. What do you think about this game? We haven't talked about this game here. Kicks off 1230. Um, just, just impressions of this line and, and what do you think about Cal and TCU? Cal coming off a of, a bad loss at home to Nevada, I would say. Uh, Nevada, they have the quarterback who's really good, but Cal, you expect to win that game as a favorite there. But what do you think about them trying to bounce back against TCU on the road? Yeah, I would slightly disagree with you in the sense that it was a bad loss because I think Nevada's a potential top 25 type of team. But overall, I think it's going to be tough for them. The problem I have with California, Justin Wilcox to me is an excellent defensive coach. Yeah. They just have never had the offense to go with it. Chase Garbers, he should change his name to Chase Garbage. I mean, that's just the bottom line. This offense is pathetic. You are in the state of California. We are talking off air, you uh, and a couple of us behind the scenes. There are four great quarterbacks from Southern California that are leading five of the top teams, four of the top teams in the nation. Yep, all left the Pac-12. Exactly. And you can't get one of these guys. You've got Aaron Rodgers in your pedigree. I mean, if you go back historically, they've had some great quarterbacks going to Steve Barkowski and other things, but... Cal needs an offense. They have no consistency in terms of running the football. They just don't have it. I think Gary Patterson, still one of the top defensive minds, his defensive coordinator, Chad Glasgow, does a terrific job there. I think uh, TCU wins this game. I'm leaning towards the cover here, but I'll tell you what I think is going to be tough sledding for both teams to score points in this one. I noticed how you didn't bring up Jared Goff when talking about Cal quarterback lineage there. Is that uh, by, by accident or what happened? Jared Goff was the Alex Smith version of his draft. There was nobody else, so we got to take a quarterback, so we'll take him first. Hey, there was Dak Prescott in that draft, but no, who could have seen that coming? Who could have seen that coming? Dan Mullen would tell you he saw it. <laughs> yeah, he will. <laughs> uh, moving along in the Big 12, Oklahoma State laying 12 and a half, 13 actually, at DraftKings. This line now sitting uh, with the Cowboys hosting Tulsa. Total at 51 in here. Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy's team's uh, you know, they pl they played pretty decent defense. Uh, I'd say the offense is really kind of where they typically shine. Is this a game? I know it's an in-state battle, so it's one of those rivalries where uh, the I-40 kinda... rivalry. Yeah, they, they, yeah. you expect Tulsa to get up for this one, but is this one maybe that you maybe take the dog with it being an in-state rivalry, or do you kind of lay it here with the Cowboys? I, I would take Tulsa before I lay it. I know Tulsa had that terrible loss against UC Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I kind of chalked it up as an aberration. You look at this Tulsa team, top 20 in college football last year. They do lose Zayvon Collins' first-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals. But overall, still, uh, I think, nine or ten starters back on defense. Terrific defense. I still have some question marks about this Oklahoma State team offensively. The, where is the running game consistency going to come from? They have a good committee there, but still the replacement Chubba Hubbard in terms of what he was able to do. Spencer Sanders needs to step up at quarterback. Remember last year when these two teams played in Stillwater, it was a tight game. Oklahoma State won that one 16-7. And Femi, I think that's why you've seen this number come down from, I think, I don't know if it was 14, but I know it was 13 and a half. And now you're seeing it sit at 12 and a half. I think this is going to be a competitive game. And from an Oklahoma State perspective, what hurts them a little bit is that Tulsa lost. You're going to have a team that's a little bit more focused coming off of a loss here. Um, if you're, to me, I think Tulsa could be your money line underdog play of the day. Wow. Money line under possible. I mean, yep. if, if you like Tulsa, DraftKings still has 13. 
um, if you like that side here. Real quick, you're just uh, about to wrap this one up. Oklahoma, they're playing Western Carolina. Do you think the Sooners have a good enough defense to get to the playoffs? Look, I've said this for a number of years. I don't think Alex Grinch is as good as everyone else leads you to believe. I said when he was at Washington State, yep. the most points they gave up against Michigan State scored that season was against Alex Grinch's defense. When he was at Ohio State, they had a historically bad defense. Everyone tells me how great Alex Grinch is. Pratt goes out there last week and looks like Sean King. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable what he was able to do against that Oklahoma defense. And they were a yard and a half away from being in serious peril because if Tulane gets that first down, <laughs> it could be in trouble. Don't go away. Points for Saturday rolls on with the Pac-12. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Football season may have kicked off, but there's still time to make money this season. The VEASAN NFL betting guide is only $19.99 and is still available. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
is the final segment here on Point Spread Saturday. Femi Abebefe Amal Shah going down the college football slate, setting the table for kickoff here in a couple of hours or maybe even in, in an hour and a half if you're watching that uh, Illinois-Virginia game there. We won't want to forget about that one out there. <laughs> you know, big game stoops. It's unfortunate we don't have uh, we, we, we can't we can't we can't bet against him anymore in those big spots. But uh, it was a fun time that was had by all here. Uh, but the Pac-12 want to get we've touched on a few of those games. One that we haven't touched on, though, that's really intriguing. A late slate game. Utah BYU, the Utes laying seven in Provo. This is a matchup that's always tightly contested. One of the best rivalries, especially on the West Coast here. It's rivalries. We talked about them being tightly contested games, do you take the Cougars in this spot, or or do you maybe lay it with Utah, which might have a, as good a team as they've had since uh, almost making the playoffs in a couple years, a couple years ago, rather. And I'm, I'm going to catch you off here, Mark, because I don't think your mic is on right now, so the folks aren't able to, to hear what you're saying, but you do, you do like this Utah team uh, going to Provo in this spot here, and we'll try to get your mic back so that we can hear what your thoughts are on this game here. Um, but and to me, I stayed away in this contest. Um, I, I thought about possibly taking the points, but the Utes, they're a good team. I like them actually season long in this uh, for the Pac-12 South as a kind of a team that can maybe get to the Pac-12 title game here once season ends. But for, for, for Utah, the win total eight and a half, I thought that was a little low. This game, though, for sure, I think this is a game that it could be tightly contested, as I think we might have you back here, Amal, as you were saying, in this matchup between Utah and BYU. I think the Holy War is an underappreciated rivalry. I don't think it'll be easy for the Utes going on the road here, but the concern I have when you look at BYU, their pass defense is anemic. We saw Jed Fish's Arizona Wildcats be able to move the ball. Really, I thought Arizona could have pulled that game off, mm -hmm. but they came up a little bit short. Lots to replace there when you look at this BYU offense. Zach Wilson was a generational quarterback for this Cougars team. Uh, defensively, they lost a lot. Kalani Sataki's team's going to have to be ready for this one. I think it's going to be tough. Um, so to me, when I look at this matchup, uh, it would be a little bit of a stay away. Maybe try and get an in-game number, a better number. I think the Utes win the game, and I think Utah has the best quarterback in the Pac-12 in Charlie Brewer. They didn't play particularly well against Weber State, but I think the Utes will, will win this football game. I just don't want to lay the number because of the rivalry. But if you said I had to play it, I, I, would, I would take the Utes to cover. Looks like we've seen a little bit of BYU money coming in. DraftKings is at six and a half. Uh, also seeing six and a half in some other spots here. So an interesting spot here. Uh, it's a big number for this rivalry game. But like you said, the Utes could have the best quarterback in Charlie Brewer there. Who I mean, it was last week was kind of a look ahead to this game. It felt like almost going up against Weber State. So uh, expect a big performance there from the Utes out in Provo. Uh, for many of the Pac-12 games, we've touched on these. So let's get to the games that we're about to see here in this early college football window here, the 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock window, to get final thoughts on Illinois, Virginia, which is kicking off here in about, two, in about an hour, rather, uh, once we wrapped up this show. Yeah, you know, to me, uh, this is an interesting matchup simply because we see Peter's going to be back under center for Illinois instead of Sitkowski, who didn't play poorly for the Illini, but it was the defense that was a concern. Let's see what Brennan Armstrong in this offense can do down in Charlottesville. I'm not going to touch this game, but Femi, this is where the advantage of the in-game betting comes in. You know, if you don't like it like I do, maybe you see some early turnovers and Illinois jumps out and you like Virginia to come back, or if Virginia gets up big and you get a better in-game number catching 20 or something. So no, no play here, but just kind 
kind of get an opportunity. And the one thing is take advantage. It's one hour before maybe the game you've bet on or the team you're following is going to start. you got an opportunity to see two teams in Power 5 leagues, yeah. maybe get an idea of what they may look like in case you didn't see the Nebraska game or if you had nothing better to do when you watched the Bill and Mary game last week. <laughs> uh, it's hour to kick off in that one, like you said. Also, I think one of the things when you get this close to kickoff is monitoring social media, making sure that nobody's out that you weren't expecting. Those beat reporters, usually once they get to those games, they start seeing warm-ups. And, and one game that we could be monitoring, that one is Oregon and Ohio State with Kayvon Thibodeau. There are two hours to kick off in that one. Haven't seen anything yet. Our producer, Matt, has been, I have him searching Twitter to see if he sees anything Thibodeau-related right now. It is still mum is the word out there in Columbus. But final thoughts on Oregon and Ohio State. A game I know you will be keeping a close eye on. Yeah, I look, I lean towards the Ducks here, not playing it. I didn't take a, a, a play on this game, but it depends on if he's going to go. Here's the thing right now. What this a noon kickoff in Columbus, teams are already at the, at the stadium. So if you're Oregon, you never you don't want to give away that information. This is the best player in college football. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people don't get a chance to see Oregon play that often that you won't see a player of his caliber going up against on the left side there against, uh, uh, you know, that Ohio State great offensive line there. So to me, it, it's it's really tough for Oregon. You mentioned, and I, I do agree with you a little bit on, can Anthony Brown keep pace? I think C.J. Stroud's going to have a big day. I think the Buckeyes are going to put up some points, but I have a lot of question marks about this Buckeyes defense. Remember, they're going to get Cam Brown and Seven Banks, the two starting corners back this week. Uh, they didn't have them in Minnesota. That had an impact, and we saw Denzel Burke, the true freshman, getting the start there. So, look, keep an eye on that, but I think Oregon should be able to move the ball. If the Buckeyes defense has improved, this will help them kind of going forward for the entire season. Oregon also gets a couple of defensive backs back from suspension yeah. last week, so maybe that helps out my under. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, also rooting for Olave to have a big day here so uh, I can talk to you about my 200-to-1 ticket that you think is a donation. Uh, that line is sitting at 14 no, and a it's half. not a donation because you bet it. It should have been a donation. Yeah. <laughs> line is sitting at 14 and a half, total of 63 and a half out there in Columbus. Tulsa, Oklahoma State, you think the dog is live in yeah. this game here. Tulsa catching 13 points out there in Stillwater. I look. This is a team that's familiar with how to play the, uh, the Cowboys. If you can slow down Spencer Sanders in this offense, they got a chance. Last year, it was a competitive game, and I think it was a gamble opportunity they took, or there was a, I, I can't recall exactly, a turnover on downs or something. They didn't convert. I think Tulsa's got a great chance in this game. I like them catching 12.5 in this matchup. Youngstown State taking on Michigan State here. I'm trying to find the line. I know those FCS ones are a little bit trickier to find FCS versus FBS matchups. Um, I'll look at that one, but I'll skip that one for now. Minnesota hosting Miami of Ohio. I've seen 18 and a half now in the market. That one, the Golden Gophers land that at home. Uh, any final thoughts? Any any reads, maybe side or total in that matchup? I, you know, I, I like the Gophers here first half. I think A.J. Mayer and this Miami offense continues to struggle. They put up 14 points. Uh, I think Minnesota gets to 21 the first half, so you'd have a seven-point margin, potentially even larger than that, because I think the first half number is going to be 10 here, Femi. So I like Minnesota first half minus 10. This game goes at uh, noon Eastern time if you're taking a look at this matchup in the Twin Cities. So I, I think Minnesota gets this one done here. Uh, found the line on Youngstown State, Michigan State. Sparty Lang, 27 and a half with a total of 51 and a half out there in East Lansing. Uh, you mentioned Youngstown with Bo Pelini out there. And, uh, but Michigan State looked really good in their game against Northwestern last week. So may maybe they have a little bit of offensive explosion against Youngstown State. Yeah, yeah, Kenneth Walker, the transfer from Wake Forest, was outstanding running the football. Uh, he should be able to have the same type of day in this matchup here against Youngstown State. We'll see if that happens. Northwestern taking on Indiana State. That one is also kicking off at 9 o'clock on Big Ten Network. 
28 is the spread here favor of the Wildcats. 45 and a half are a total. So you need a perfect performance here from Northwestern to kind of cover that with a total that's so low, expecting a lower scoring game. Yeah, I really do. And uh, just no opinion on this matchup here with the Wild, uh, Wildcats against Indiana State. But uh, it'll be tough, especially with the way Northwestern style of play is. Speaking of big spread, lower total, when you consider the spread, Alabama State at Auburn. Uh, Auburn is a team I'm not too big of a fan of Bo Nix. Uh, it feels like he's been there for forever now. We've heard a lot of hype about him. His dad played there, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but the Tigers laying 14 at DraftKings, total of 60. We haven't talked about this game yet. Any read on that one? Uh, do, you, you, do you even get involved in games like that when the spread is so big but the total? So maybe that's a first-half only look, or, or how do you approach that? Yeah, probably 24 and a half, 25. Maybe even it's 28. Uh, they skew it so much. But, no, I, I have no interest in Auburn and Alabama. Alabama State uh, kind of pay a little bit more attention to Auburn once they finally play an opponent with a pulse. Uh, not really interested in Alabama State right now. Kind of a pick em game here between South Carolina and East Carolina here. The Gamecocks are a two-point favorite at DraftKings, total of 56.5. With a game that is so tight like that, with a two-point spread and a big total, that almost looks like a money line play either way if you like whichever side. Yeah, the question is who's going to be the quarterback for South Carolina? I know a guy coming up next, Patrick Maher, once played quarterback for the Gamecocks. They could use him in this matchup against Holton Aylers and company. So we'll see if, uh, if they can do something offensively. This is a, an opportunity for East Carolina to get this program back to where it once was. They've really been struggling. We'll see if Shane Beamer now in his second game can have the same success as they had in week number one against Eastern Illinois. And we've seen the line move in Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Now Tennessee catching, they're still at DraftKings three and a half, but they're catching four in some other spots here. So if you like, the, is that a buy point for you on the Vols kept getting four points at home? Look, I'm not buying anything on the tel- Tennessee Volunteers, okay? The, Joe Milton doesn't have any help there. He's good, he's mobile, but they were not able to throw the ball effectively in catch the ball last week. Point spread Saturday is in the books. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shaw, up next, the Lombardi line. Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi coming up here as they get you ready for college football kickoff in a matter of hours here. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.